0: From high atop his mountain of index cards and tournament brackets, this is The Joy of Booking, a fantasy booking podcast. Here's your host, DC Matthews. Hello! How are you? Welcome to the show. Uh, This is, in fact, The Joy of Booking. Thank you, Brandon Banks, for your awesome intro as usual. My name is DC Matthews, at the DC Matthews. Uh, how the hell are you? Hope you're doing well. Hope those you love are doing well. Uh, let's be real. It's a Friday night, and the mood is right. TGIF. Uh, it's about 5.45 p.m. Uh, I'm alone in my house. Uh, my wife is off at a uh, work social event celebrating a retiree or a couple of retirees. Uh, and, you know, she looked at me and she was like, what are you going to do? You got a couple of hours to, uh, to sort of hang out on a Friday night. What are you going to do? And I was like, hmm. And she was like, you're going to order Chinese food and record some podcasts, watch some wrestling. And I went, uh, two of those things will happen. But instead, today, I made my own food. Uh, I, you know, took some green pepper, some onions, some garlic, chopped them up, cooked them off, was going to throw snow peas in, but snow peas are hit and miss for me. You know, made some fettuccine noodles, had some leftover stir-fry sauce from our recent uh, vacation, had some soy sauce, had myself a fantastic bowl of noodles, topped it off uh with some mozzarella sticks as a little splurge, because I didn't have any protein in with the noodles. I did, to be fair, not to gross you out. I don't want you to be grossed out. I ate the mozzarella sticks, put them in the air fryer, and then nibbled on those while I was making the Asian dish. So it's not like I dunked the mozzarella stick into the stir fry. Asian cuisine, to the best of my knowledge, and I am not an expert, Asian cuisine, not big into cheese. Not really a thing. Uh, Again, that I am aware of. Someone is welcome to educate me. I had to educate myself. Lovely transition opportunity there. I had to educate myself on what the hell I did in the last episode because I was sitting down being like, all right, I'm going to take the losers of our single losers bracket like your Scorpios and your Lawlers and they'll have to wrestle each other. And then I realized my spreadsheet, I must have deleted stuff, which is always a mistake. Um, I already did it end of last episode. Tito and Lawler won one of the tournaments. I don't remember who won the other one. Um, So I'm ahead of the game here on episode eight of this little interlude, our 90s Lethal Lottery interlude. Uh, So what we'll do is we'll do where we have the second round. We have two pages of these brackets. Um, We'll do our second round of matchups. And then the losers will do the exact same thing. They'll face each other. We'll have a winning side, a losing side. Maybe we'll make some more teams. We'll have some fun. Uh, Looking forward to spending some time with you today. Our first matchup is, I say it's a banger. Uh, Three-fourths of these guys are in the Hall of Fame already, and one of them should be. Mankind teaming with the gigolo, Jimmy Del Rey, taking on the, the best team, that I think we have so far, uh, Ric Flair and Bret Hart. Um, you know, we're not considering here uh, their impact on the '90s. That's not how we're doing this. That's not one of the criteria. Uh, it's just a matter of the matchups and and how it hits the ear. We're all Ric Flair fans. We're all Bret Hart fans. Uh, I think. I think I can safely say that if you're listening to this, I imagine you at least have a healthy respect for them uh, and you understand that that team would be fantastic. So we're giving them the win over Mankind and Jimmy Del Rey. Um, I don't know that I've weighed in. I can't remember. You know, I have this weird podcasting thing and I've heard many people talk about it before. I record an episode and I am hopefully in many ways thoughtful. And sometimes I I am thoughtful before I record an episode. And then I stop recording. I export this audio. I put it up online. And I summarily forget everything that I just talked about. So I don't think I've said this. I don't think I've weighed in fully um, on the Ric Flair wrestling a match at 73 years old situation. Um. I'm going to assume, you can probably guess my opinion, but i am that's an assumption, I'll be honest. I have no interest. I, in fact, um, have had no interest in Ric Flair in a very long time. Um, I understand that if you are a pro wrestler, especially, I think, uh, an old school pro wrestler like a Ric Flair, I actually think it's stronger in your... 70s, 80s guys, because 70s and 80s wrestlers, this is going to probably be a tangent upon tangents here. 70s and 80s wrestlers, you weren't doing this for money. Uh, You were doing it for um, the love of the business. You were doing it because you didn't want a real job um, for those who were successful enough to not need to work a real job. Many wrestlers did work real jobs and then wrestled on weekends. Maybe you did it for the camaraderie or what have you, but you weren't doing it for money. You know, it wasn't until Vince McMahon and things, you know, when contracts began getting, uh, you know, significant enough that this appealed as a lucrative um, career field. So obviously, Ric Flair did this for years for the money. Yes, he made, you know, he made off way very well. He, had the Rolexes, the limousines, the jet riding, limo you know, the spiel. Um, but obviously he's got the bug. Uh, and as someone who has had multiple bugs, acting bugs, uh, performing bugs, you know, the need, what Kevin Pollack calls, hey, look at me disease, I do have that. I'd like to think I have it less now, but I used to have it quite a bit. Um, I can understand the, the desire to get that again. But you're 73 years old. You have looked like, um, again, the Hagravens from Skyrim. You have looked like that for a decade or so. You can't walk well. Uh, don't do this. I don't care. The match he has could be a tag team match, Can be with Ricky Morton, could be with FTR. I don't care. Um... He's not going to look like a million bucks. Something's going to happen. I feel the same way about Rick Fo- Mick Foley. I probably feel the same way about Bret Hart himself. Uh, there comes a point where you should not do this. Shawn Michaels, you know, gets in the ring, goes to Saudi Arabia, embarrasses the hell out of himself. The Undertaker hasn't been great. Luckily, they figured out, oh, let's do a Boneyard match. That's w- the, probably the way to do it. Um, there comes a point where. You know, the saying is, I'm not as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. I don't think that rings true. Um, And if you are a wrestler of an elite standard, as Ric Flair is, as Shawn Michaels is, as The Undertaker is, um, you should not want to wrestle unless you can continue to be at that elite level. And, you know, they had the whole documentary with The Undertaker on chasing the dragon. And I get it. Either the money's too appealing or the limelight's too appealing or your loyalty to Vince McMahon is too appealing or you just want you're chasing the dragon. You want that reaction. You imagine, well, what if I'm really good? It's not going to go well. I'm not saying Ric Flair's going to get hurt. I'm not saying it's going to be tragic. But... I have no interest in watching. Um, I'll go out of my way, in fact, to avoid watching. Because I, you know, I can't do awkward stuff. I can't watch awkward movies or TV shows, Ben Stiller. No, I can't watch people suffer. Maybe I'm an empath. Maybe I just have too much, um, you know, being raised Catholic. uh, You know, I don't know what it is. But, I, you know, watching people in embarrassing situations is borderline physically painful for me. Um, and that's all this is going to be. It was embarrassing when he wrestled on the last episode of Nitro and couldn't, you know, couldn't wrestle with his shirt off. That was 20 years ago. A little bit more. Um, I don't want to see it and i don't think he should do it and i wish there was a way to get him to not do it uh that's my opinion on the riffle Bret hart managing ftr is awesome i str- i've i actually went through and started figuring out a potential plan to go to watch him manage ftr cuz it's happening within an hour or two from me Like, I was like, you know, there's a hotel relatively close. Maybe my wife would go. She could hang out at the hotel. I'd go to the show. I don't like driving long distances at night. So, you know, I could figure out a way around that. I'm not going to go. But I love that it's happening. I love that Bret Hart's managing FTR. That's awesome. If Ric Flair wanted to manage, you know, Brian Pillman Jr. Sorry to hear about your mom, Brian. And, uh, you know... Arn's quote unquote kid. He wanted to manage like something like that and, you know, do something of that nature. And he's in one corner and Brett's in the other, like they did with Charlotte and Natalia years ago. I think that's fantastic. He wants to get in the rig and throw a couple knife edge chops and maybe even do a flare flop, you know, get hit with a you know, Brian Pillman, very light, easy drop kick, walk, do their little stumble, stumble, fall on his face. Asking him to do a spot or two in a situation like that, I have no problem with. But he's going to want to take a backdrop. He may want to take a suplex. He's going to want to do his knee drop. He's going to want to do the punches. He's going to want to put somebody in the figure four, if not get the figure four reversed. And God damn it, he's going to want to go off the top rope. My dad is 74. He couldn't do that 20 years ago. He's had a history of back problems. Um, I wouldn't want him doing that. I, I don't like it. I don't like it. We're one match in, everybody. Uh, clearly, I haven't talked to y'all in a while, just me kind of stream of consciousness. So we'll get some matches done when it doesn't set off tangents. Um, but Ric Flair and Bret Hart in our idealized 90s Lethal Lottery, easy winners over Mankind and Jimmy Del Rey. Mark Henry and Masa Chono versus Dusty Rhodes and Ricky Morton. Same thing. Uh, both teams are good. One team is clearly superior. We get our Flair and Dusty. We get our Ricky Morton and Bret, you know, well, Bret Hart and Ricky Morton don't have a history. But we're referencing current day. I was embarrassed watching them lock up at that fan fest. I thought that was stupid. Uh, that's a great semifinal match for this page. So Dusty and Morton will advance. Devon and Sandman, again, got a Team ECW connection. I like that taking on Papa Shango and Conan. Um, I like three out of the four of these. I've never been a Sandman guy. My favorite Sandman's when he was a surfer. That's my favorite Sandman. Um, I prefer Shango and Conan. Conan, as a wrestler, before he became part of uh, the dungeon, before he turned heel, I I didn't understand uh, him turning heel. And I I purely see that now as just me being a naive white kid from New England. I didn't know why he was dressing like that. I didn't know why he was talking like that. Because I was rural, dumb, white kid from New England. Um, It makes sense now, but I didn't care for it. Uh, My favorite Conan was, you know, AAA star... I think he had some weird kind of maskish thing, almost like a Vader-type mask he would wear to the ring and then take it off. Um, he was the first person I ever saw do a spider suplex, which blew my mind as a kid. I love that move. Um, and it's Papa Shango. You know, it's Charles Wright. I love that. Is that enough? You know what? It is enough. Uh, I appreciate the ECW connection uh, that we get with Devon and Sandman, but you know, this is a tournament of just my favorites. Uh, and Papa Shango and Conan certainly fit that bill. Uh, Perry Saturn and Barry Windham. Again, I think that's a really awesome team. Taking on Psychosis and Steve Austin, which is a weird team. Um, you know, the teams would make more sense if it was Austin and Windham versus Saturn and Psychosis. But that's not what we get. Uh... I'm at the point now in my wrestle watching. I keep jumping around. I w- did a lot of 2002 recently. Um, Austin's now walked out. They're burying him on TV. Jim Ross talking about how disappointed he is, which just comes. It. I am. It is remarkable how my opinion of Jim Ross has changed uh, upon watching. Like I, I, I dislike him. I don't like him on commentary. I certainly don't like these stupid interviews. Um, you know, i he's not as enjoyable. He was certainly the voice of part of my childhood. I never loved him. Bobby, you know, he was no Bobby Heenan. He was no Mike Tanay. These were people I enjoyed better. Um, but, you know, certainly he was, his voice is in my head for so many of the great moments in wrestling. Uh, but now it's just... Uh, Bleh. Bleh. So Austin's walked out. Um, you know, so that's kind of where I am there. Uh, Saturn, I don't think, is around anymore. Um, you know, again, 2002 era. The Mexicals haven't become a thing yet. Um, which team do I like better? I'm drawn to Saturn and Wyndham. Saturn, I think, is an underrated talent. Um, you know, got, got stuck with a lot of dumb gimmicks and I liked Moppy, um, but just in ring talent was really good. Barry Windham, one of the best we've ever seen. Austin, obviously one of the best we've ever seen from a variety of factors, including his in ring work. Stunning Steve Austin was a beautiful wrestler. I psychosis is great. So you know, of the four, if I had to pick a favorite, it's probably Austin by default, then Wyndham, but then probably Saturn. So I think if we go by that rule, I think I got to go with Saturn and Wyndham over Psychosis and Steve Austin. Hey, we finished a page. Uh, Earthquake and Sting versus The Rock and Fatu. And if we make it Rikishi, we get a super hos fight. Uh, in Earthquake versus Fatu, or Rikishi. I like both these teams. Um, I like the idea of Earthquake and Surfer Sting better than I like The Rock and Rikishi. Um, It's funny how my wrestling fandom, uh, you know... I call myself the maven of the mid card, but it's really where my brain goes. Like the rock is on TV too much. He came back again, going back to 2002. He comes back, uh, kind of as a breaking case of emergency. They must've backed the money truck up to his house and said, Austin left us. We are totally hosed. We need you to help us get Brock over, um, I'm assuming that's what happened, Uh, you know, and I don't mind The Rock, but he's such a prevalent force. And when I'm watching, I think this is the issue. When you're watching two or three episodes a day, if not more, um, you know, if it's a weekend or summer's coming up for me, I've got two weeks left of work plus a day. um, You know, I'm going to watch sometimes four or five episodes in a day. That's a lot when The Rock's on both shows. That's a lot. You know, so you kind of get sick of your main event guys and you look at your Ravens or your Kidmans or your Jamie Nobles because they're now granted we're in the brand split era here, but they're only part of they're not part of every story. So when I see William Regal, I rejoice because it's William Regal and he's not all the he's not there all the time. The Rocks in four or five segments. He had a great segment with Goldust and Booker T. I remember seeing that live. Must have watched King of the Ring 2002 live. Um, Probably with GQ. I would have assumed Doc was there, but 2002, June of 2002, no. June of 2002, I'm finishing up my freshman year. Doc and I are, you know, adversaries at this point. Um, He and I, you know, tried to woo the same woman, um, who, pretty sure, I think, as we've talked about, uh, I don't believe uh, fancies folks of our gender, um, which is great. She was very nice. Still is, as far as I can tell. I haven't talked to her in 15 years. Um, and then, uh, you know, he was, grew up with Tall Guy, uh, was best friends with Tall Guy, and then Tall Guy comes to school, uh, they live in two different buildings. I happen to share a building with Tall Guy, and Tall Guy and I become very good friends. And there was some, you know, some jealousy and some, you know, on both sides. Oh, don't, let me, let me rephrase. I will speak for myself. I cannot speak for Doc Manson. Uh, there was certainly jealousy on my side. Um, and and I'll, I'll go so far as to say sometimes, you know, even into our 30s you know, the two of them have much more doc and I have some things in common, but part of the appeal I hope of our DDT wrestling experience is that we come from such varied backgrounds, professionally, personally, hobby wise, um, tall guy and doc have a shared history. You know, they have 15 years or so of friendship, um, similar to how GQ and I have, you know, with doc as well. Uh, Before Doc, at least. And um, we also, you know, they have very similar interests. They both know video games and can talk specs of computers and do all of that. I know none of that. So on those rare occasions, we don't do it as much anymore these days, uh, but on those occasions when we would all get together, I was the third wheel. Because they'd be going off on video cards and all this, and I have no idea what they're talking about. Um. But yeah, so June 20, 2002, again, tangents. This is my therapy session. Thank you. Um, and if you're a Patreon, you're technically paying me for, you know, the therapy that I'm spewing. And hopefully you get something out of it. Um, but June 20, 2002, Doc and I weren't friends. You know, we were part of a group. We created a drama group, part of the group that created that. Uh, it would be a year June, you know, May, June, 2003 is when we first approached the idea of living together. Um, And then from there, you know, all bets are off. We become roommates and uh, fairly quickly realize that while we do have many differences, uh, there are certain things we have in common, um, including just making fun of most of the rest of the world. Uh, So. That was about The Rock. Now, that's where this came from. This came from the fact that I'm not, well, I, I've never loved The Rock. I've never loved, well, that's not true. I liked Head Shrinker Fatu. And I liked The Sultan. Rikishi never did much for me. I liked his heel turn when he did it for The Rock. That was good. Uh, there is that Samoan Brotherhood, though, which, again, you know, that, the, the alliance they have as a team would be stronger than Earthquake and Sting, which they have no connection. Um, So because of that, I will go with The Rock and Fatu. Uh, Lance Storm and Kurt Angle, they beat Gangrel and Doink. My apologies to my clown and my vampire. I love you both. Um, But yeah, Storm and Angle have to win that. Uh, Bad News Brown and Doug Furnace, again, Very sneaky good team. Uh, Taking on D'Lo Brown and Stan Hansen. That's a great match. Uh, Of the Browns, sorry for that sniff. I should turn the volume down and blow my nose, but um, yeah, I'm not gonna. Uh, Of the Browns, let's pair the Browns up against each other. I say Bad News holds an easy, obvious edge over D'Lo, and I like D'Lo. Um, but bad news I think clearly wins that. And then if you go Furnace and Hansen, I think Hansen wins that. Uh, so the question becomes, you know, is it Hansen or is it D'Lo or is it Bad News Brown? As much as I enjoy Doug Furnace, Stand the Man Hansen. Pretty awesome. So we're gonna give the win to D'Lo and Hansen there. And then Rick Steiner and the Bulldog are going to defeat an excellent team in Masato Tanaka and the Ultimo Dragon. All right, so 25 minutes in, and we have uh, finished that first round with a lot of tangents therein. So now what we need to do, we need to go back and look at the losers. They wrestle each other. Winners have their own bracket. Losers have their own bracket. Mankind beats Jimmy Del Rey. Nothing we can do about that. Uh, Masachono, I say, beats Mark Henry. 90s Mark Henry. Let me put that caveat in. This is 90s Mark Henry. If this was Hall of Pain Mark Henry, it would be a whole different thing. Uh, Devon Dudley beats The Sandman, no question. S- Austin beats Psychosis, no question. Uh, Earthquake and Six Sting beats. Earthquake, ooh, Gangrel and Doink, Vampire always beats Clown, um, I like Doug Furnace over Bad News Brown, but that's just me, and then Ultimo Dragon beats Masato Tanaka. So we actually only have groups of eight, um, so let's redact, this will go quickly since it's only groups of eight, let's redact that. Let's redact that. Let's do our losing bracket first. We randomize, we randomize, we randomize. Sandman and Jimmy Delray. That's one team. Masato, Tanaka, and Earthquake. Uh, Masato and Earthquake win that. Apologies to Jimmy Del Rey. Didn't get a great teammate in that one. And then we have Mark Henry and Psychosis. Very good odd couple team. Psychosis is going to do many moves off of Mark Henry's shoulders, taking on Bad News Brown and Doink. Oh, I got to go with Bad News Brown and Doink. That's a funny team. That's a funny matchup right there. Uh, but. That immediately just gives us our final. Uh, Masato Tanaka or Earthquake versus Bad News Brown and Doink. I'm going with Masato Tanaka and Earthquake. Toughness of Tanaka. You've got the legit sumo skills of John Tenta. Yeah, I think they win that. Now we must randomize our winning bracket here. Two. Oops. Three. Sting and Devon Dudley, bad matchup Sting, sorry, or bad partner, taking on Gangrel and Ultimo Dragon. Yeah, it's got to be Gangrel and the Ultimo Dragon. Uh, And then we have Masa Chono and Mankind, interesting, versus Doug Furnace and Stone Cold. So we get Austin and Mankind, we get Chono and Furnace in that strong style. I like Masa Chono, but I also really... It's got to be Austin and Furnace, I think. But... The Vampire and the Ultimo Dragon is right in my wheelhouse. I am counting down the days. Jamie Noble came back, or showed up, um, to be part of the Cruiserweight division, 2002 SmackDown. Yes, he's with Nydia. No, I don't care. Um, I rejoiced, but I am counting down the days till Ultimo Dragon shows up. All right. We did that. I'm not ready to call it. Let's just keep going. We've got more to do here. I am going to pause 10 seconds for station identification and nasal blowing. Um, uh, you know, uh, we don't have a sponsor. You think of a product that you like and tell yourself why it's good. All right? You do your own ad while I blow my nose and take a little break. Got to sip my water, too. Got to have your water. And we're back. I was watching. um, You know, I've been sick for the last week and a half. This is actually the best I've felt in quite a while. Despite the stuffiness. And when I am not feeling well and I want to go to bed early, um, I usually put on stand-up. When I was in college, I had a roommate freshman year named... uh, We had three roommates... On our, we were three people, on our floor, all named John, and we had, you know, we were the, uh, we were the crew, not the redneck repping crew, um, but we were the crew, uh, you know. We there was the name of our dorm in there, before being called the crew, um, and there were three Johns. Uh, one was uh, British or claimed to be British. He was a weirdo. Uh, So he was BJ for British John. Um, One of them was a puppeteer, a puppetry major. So he was Puppet John. You may have heard us mention him. Probably not by name, but probably just the puppetry folks, uh, because he went on to marry uh, another puppeteer. They do lovely shows. We've seen them quite a few times over the years. Um, And then there was my roommate, and he was LJ for Little John. And the hilarious part of that is that his girlfriend gave him that name. Not long John, little John. Um, He dated a girl. I think she was still in high school. And because of that, he would go home um, most weekends to see his girlfriend. Now I'm looking him up. Can I find him? I think I remember his name. No, I don't want to join LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Yeah, though this is him because he's in the military now. Let me see. Yep, there he is. Uh, yeah, he went on to join the military, which is very nice. Fourteen years, ten months. Good for you. Uh, we were not particularly close of the roommates that I had. We did not. We didn't not get along. Um, but we weren't friends. You know, he was in the ROTC, so he was. Um, but yeah, he would go home. Well, he wasn't in the ROTC because he went home at either way. He went home a lot. So I often um, had my room to myself, which was lovely. And I would put stand up on to help me sleep. Um, and it would just run all night, whatever I got off of Napster, or LimeWire, whatever we were using back in the day. And so that is you know, still a calming thing to me. Let me get back to the point. Uh, I was watching a George Carlin thing. And he did this whole thing about let me have some water. i got to have my water. And I was like, oh, that's where I get it from. And I may have mentioned that on another show, but I it was reminded of it when I watched that thing. Anyways, uh, we have uh, four matches left here for these semi page semifinals. Uh, Ric Flair, Bret Hart, Dusty Rhodes, Ricky Morton. Fantastic match. Would love to watch it. Um, for me, apologies to the old school fans that are listening. But of the four... Ricky Morton is the weak link. Bret Hart's my favorite of this group. Then probably Dusty, then Flair, then Morton. So I'm going with Flair and Bret Hart here. Uh, I know what I want my final to be. Well, no, let me rephrase. I know what the final's going to be, and you probably do too. You know me well enough to have put two and two together. Uh, So Flair and Hart win. Um, I'm going to say Saturn and Wyndham will beat... Papa Shango, and Conan. So our page final, Ric Flair, Bret Hart, versus Saturn, Barry Windham. Let's just go ahead and do it right now. Flair and Hart are going to win that. I don't think I'm going to do any more matchups here. I'm not going to mix them up. They're not going to wrestle each other. We're we're close to the end here. So Ric Flair and Bret Hart are the page winners for page one. Uh, Page two, Lance Storm and Kurt Angle are going to defeat... Uh, The Rock and Fatou, Rick Steiner and the Bulldog will defeat um, D'Lo Brown and Stan Hansen. And, of course, Lance Storm and Kurt Angle will beat uh, Rick Steiner and the Bulldog. So page one winner is Ric Flair and Bret Hart. Page two winner is Lance Storm and Kurt Angle. Um, Who wins that match? We do as wrestling fans. If you get 90s, let, let's take them right out of Saskatoon. Bret Hart beat Ric Flair for the WWF title in Saskatoon, Canada. I remember um, that would have been 92. When did Bret Hart beat Ric Flair for the WWF title? October 12th, 1992. I now have physical evidence that I was at a wrestling show as a fan in October of 92, probably somewhere in this area. He hadn't won the title yet, at least not publicly. We know sometimes you went on a house show. It's not common knowledge for a couple of days. Um, But, yeah. So, right as I become a wrestling fan, he beats Ric Flair. I remember an interview with Brett, and somebody's asking him, you know, how have you been since that day in Saskatoon when you, I think Vince is interviewing him, um, you know, when you, you know, beat Ric Flair, Yada yadda, yada, yada. either way. Um, but if you take 1992 Ric Flair and Bret Hart, and you go against 2002 Lance Storm and Kurt Angle, because Lance Storm you can argue, when his prime was. I would might make the case that I don't know that his prime ever went away. Like, he's just as good. He probably would have peaked, you know, 99. WCW holding three belts at the same time. But either way, 92. Uh, Flair and Hart versus 2002, and I know that's not the 90s, but I don't care. Uh, Storm and Angle, 60 minute draw I'm loving every second of it um, the best match I have seen recently is Charlie Dempsey versus a kid uh, you know once I got to King of the Ring 2002 I kind of slowed down on watching that that quest um, caught up on level up and now I'm working my way through the UK probably will go do that after this episode which is just about done because I'm not giving you a winner I'm not telling you who wins. You decide. It's Lance Storm and Kurt Angle versus Ric Flair and Bret Hart. Obviously, career-wise, success-wise, Ric Flair and Bret Hart hold the edge. But from a wrestling acumen, technical, professional wrestling acumen, Lance Storm and Kurt Angle, mm, you know. And Ric Flair, you decide. Or it's a draw. I don't care. But that's a beautiful thing. But yeah, I think I'll watch them to UK after this. Uh, friends, we've now taken care of all of the lose of the consolation side, uh, which means in our next episode, which will be episode nine, we can finally get back into the uh, tournament proper that we have abandoned, low these last four or five episodes. Um, our first match we've been waiting for, Uh, It's been set up since episode one, Skip and Spike Dudley versus Kidman and Bubba Ray Dudley. We've got Dudley versus Dudley, brother versus brother, two great cruiserweights. It's going to be a thing of beauty, and I can't wait to share it with you. My name is DC Matthews at DC Matthews. Thank you so much for spending some time with me. Hope you enjoyed the tangents. Hope you enjoyed the wrestling. Uh, But if not, there really isn't a damn thing I can do about it. Have yourself a great few days. Uh, I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. I'll see you the next time we celebrate the joy of booking.